0: You come at the king, you best not miss.
1: You're now locked in this zone Zone 32. 32.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another Zone 32 podcast. Recapping another dub. My name is Jake. His name is Drew. His name is Will. His name is Grant. And we have a special guest. His name is Nick. Say what's up to the people. I'm back. Quiet down now, please. We have a show to get into. Let's go. (laughs) Hey, man. We done, came off the bye week, played the Panthers at m and Bank Stadium. It was a much lower scoring game than I initially anticipated, but the Ravens got the dub like they were supposed to. Carolina comes in trying to run the ball, and nobody could really run the ball last week. But we won 13-3. Defense showed out, offense not so much. So, Drew, I'm going to start with you like I normally do. Give me your thoughts about the game. And furthermore, are you concerned with the offense at
2: all? All right, so I'm going to start with some positives because we're a positive, happy podcast here. Uh, defense looked amazing. Uh, the Roquan-Patrick Smith duo looks great. Patrick uh, or Patrick Smith, Jesus. Roquan, Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen uh, look great up the middle. Marlon looks like an all-pro again. Uh, Kyle Hamilton has been balling out since the Miami game. And our, uh, nursing home, you know, front seven with, uh, JPP, Claes Campbell and Justin Houston, again, just keep racking up sacks. Uh, so they, they looked great. Um, you know, no, no real issues with the defense Marcus Peters looks a little off again, but he did come up with that force fumble. So, you know, I'll, I'll give him a pass on that. Um, offensively, the only positive that I have from that game is to Marcus Robinson. Uh, it's good to see, you know, kind of, uh, you know, late camp pick up. actually, you know, pick up the offense, build some kind of chemistry with Lamar, and he looked great. Uh, I think it was like nine catches for 128 yards, and he had nine targets too, so that was good. Uh, now to my complaints, um, why is Greg Roman still employed? I feel like I've asked this question for about three years now. Um, coming out of the gates in a, you know, 30-mile-an-hour winds and really cold, and you're going to throw the ball three times, like, what the fuck are you doing, pal? And then on oh, top of that, times. that... Well, no, but I'm saying the first drive was three throws. and the just fuck you
3: mean, The second play of the game, he threw a fa- uh, wheel route to Pat Ricard. Are you shitting me?
2: Yeah, so, like, again, just the play calling, like, what the fuck are you doing? And then also he called that third and 14 screen. So we got the ball um, pretty deep in our own territory and ran two run plays. One of them was one up the middle that got stuffed. One of them was some stupid outside run with Kendrick Drake. And so it was 3rd and 14, and he called the fucking screen pass. I damn near, you know, stood up and threw my fucking remote through the television. I, I just don't know what the fuck this guy's doing. Like, it it just pisses me off to no end. Uh, Morgan Moses, why is that guy still playing? Um, you know, I've seen the breakdown of, you know, that play where uh, he let Brian Burns just run by and fucking light up Lamar. But just seemed like he was getting fucking bullied all day. He had that 3rd and 2 run for Lamar where he tried to tackle Lamar instead of letting Lamar run. Just... Put Flaley in, like I'm tired of seeing uh, Morgan Moses out there. And then, you know, the real star of the day, James Prochet. Uh, So I have some stats on James Prochet this year. He's got six catches for 53 yards on the whole season, which is fucking terrible through, you know, 10 games. But he also has five penalties for 54 yards. So he is literally a net negative to the offense. So again, why the fuck is he still on the roster? Why is he still here? Why are we letting him play? Why are we letting him collect a paycheck? Just fucking get rid of him at this point. I mean, again, our, our offense looked pretty pretty bad overall. I felt like there was a lot of times where they were moving the ball and they just stall out at midfield and that punt the ball away. And it was one of those kind of like field position battle games. It was an ugly, you know, AFC North game, and we were playing the Panthers. We should have put up fucking hundred points on them, but a win's a win, so I'll, I'll take the win. But I, I'm I'm tired of Greg Roman. I, no. I really want him done.
1: Okay, you mentioned Morgan Moses and his weekly uh, sack attempt on Lamar Jackson, which yep. is becoming a uh, I thought it was funny when I saw it, but then Morgan Moses turned into uh, Orlando he Brown Jr. Lot. and uh, Ronnie Stanley who knows what's what 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 the extent of the injury is, but the exact same thing happened to Ronnie Stanley. The circumstances, anyway, hopefully not the outcome, but Morgan's Morgan Moses is becoming a liability for us that uh, they need to take. A, a serious account of is it worth it to put him out there? I know I saw last week when he literally st- strip sacked Lamar, but Lamar managed yep. to pick the ball up and make one of the more incredible th- incomplete passes you'll ever see in your life. Uh, Morgan Moses did his best to blow that play up and again this week tried to put Lamar Jackson on his ass, uh, potentially ended uh, Ronnie Stanley's season. He's had a couple of times this, this year, and I've defended him a couple of times because I said we didn't bring him in to be a, an elite right tackle. We brought him in to be just a guy who is there, who plays every play, who shows up every week, and who is just sort of, uh, you know, median level, uh, just sort of league average. But when you're actually trying to sack your own quarterback when your job is to prevent your quarterback from being sacked. I don't know how you continue to just get sort of the benefit of the doubt, especially when we have Pat McCari and we have a uh, right tackle, literally a a natural right tackle that we drafted this year, who showed some promise when we, when we made him start at left tackle so that Morgan Moses could continue starting at right tackle. Um, Morgan Moses was the most concerning aspect of, of the game for me. Um,
2: and Chuck Clark
1: well uh he's not concerning he's just he he reaffirms everything we know about him every week
2: his existence concerns me um yeah let's talk about chuck
1: clark for a second chuck clark two weeks ago last game against the saints we had the defense was throwing what was essentially a shutout i mean it was it, it was they had scored six points on on two like garbage field goals the game was well in hand and Uh, The explanation after the game, when Chuck Clark watched a guy run down the sideline for 37 yards, I believe, just watched Mm -hmm. him run past was he didn't want to hit him late, late while he's running up the sideline and get a 15 yard penalty. So he just let him score instead. So when the when the question is 15 yards or score, I don't give a shit if you think he's out of bounds or not, you hit that motherfucker as hard as you can. You don't let him get in the end zone. But uh, I mean, we see it all the time with uh, guys who intentionally interfere on a pass. Uh, you, you take the pass interference, not the touchdown. So anyway, a defensive back, any defensive back at any level, especially the pro- professional level should know that. But then this week, what did he do?
2: Just typical Chuck Clark shit. Fucking he had him
1: out of bounds already and decided yeah. he was just going to grab him by the face mask and whip him around just for good measure. The same guy who was afraid to just touch a guy to push him out of bounds one inch last week. Now he's willing to rip a guy's helmet off of his head to tackle him. What the fuck? This is the guy they're talking about is the smartest guy on the defense, the green dot, the, the leader of the defense. He's putting everybody where they need to be. He's so he's football smart. He's a great teammate to me. It seems like he's, he's, putting the, the defense in bad positions. I don't, I don't understand why he still has a starting position, why he's on the field so much. I, I don't think he had a hundred percent of the snaps this week, but I think he had 98.
2: Well, and so my whole thing now is that Roquan has been here long enough. Give him the green dot. Like he, he clearly has it. He clearly wants to be here. He clearly understands the defense. Like it, it's, it's blatantly obvious from watching him play that this is not a, um, you know, not a guy who's stupid and not a guy who can't pick up the green dot. Like, there is no point in Chuck Clark playing. I mean, Marcus Williams is back imminently. Our safety rotation should be Kyle Hamilton, Geno Stone, and Marcus Williams. Chuck Clark should not be on the field anymore. And in all honesty, he shouldn't be on the roster anymore. But like we're kind of passed <laughs> by no return with that. Hey,
4: yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, seriously, like, you know, he's just that bad. Like, well, what is the point of him being? He's the same thing as James but He's the James Prochet of the defense.
1: He is. Every <laughs> week, the only time you hear his, his name is he's making a mistake. He's made two weeks in a row he's had two pass interference calls. And uh, I mean, I admit in the saints game, it was a questionable call, but it negated a, a, an interception for Kyle Hamilton. Mm -hmm. And this week he had a pass interference that was blatant.
2: Yeah. But like, the thing is, is he's getting beaten coverage all the time. He's not wrapping guys up and tackling them when he does. They're out of bounds by 10 yards and he's grabbing their face mask. Like he just doesn't do anything positive for the team. And so like, you know, when we're playing the Panthers, it's fine. You can get away with stupid penalties because they suck, and Baker Mayfield's ass. And you know, you can go through you know, top to bottom how bad the Panthers are. But like in the in a playoff situation, like those fifteen yards could cost us. Oh, and so if that why, happened
1: in a playoff game, uh, I mean, I'd lose my I, shit. But I, like, my house are, wouldn't be allowing? standing anymore.
2: Well, yeah. So why why are we allowing him? You know, like why are we why do we Agreed. continue to give him snaps?
1: Nick and Grant, we we haven't let you talk yet. Sorry, we, we, went, on, we went off there. No, nah, so. y'all
4: good. Interesting convo. And I, I, listen, I agree with everything you guys said. I mean, we're talking about the playoffs and how that will look and if we're ready and what we need to work on before we get to that point. I mean, you know, the defense looks playoff ready. Um, one thing you guys were mentioning that I was keyed in on is, you know, the addition of Roquan and how that has kind of elevated guys around him. Um, Drew mentioned the green dot. I mean, he's one of... The smartest players on uh, our team at this point and one of the most athletic and skilled as well. So him having the green dot only makes us a much more dangerous team, uh, alleviates pressure off of the Chuck Clarks of the world. So he can play in a lesser role. And hopefully that lesser role is, uh, you know, full time role on the bench. Um, So I agree with that uh, for sure. One thing that I'm not really concerned about the defense because we're getting stronger, healthier and deeper there. And um, that's a unit um, historically that does well, you know, in Baltimore. And I, I'm not really worried about that unit. I'm actually excited and I'm I'm thankful that, you know, we've had some good luck there as far as health is concerned. And hopefully we get some more good news about Kyle Hampton. They said his knee was stable. So hopefully that is, um, you know, something that uh, we can receive more details on Wednesday and Thursday of this week. But something I did want to key on about the offense and we're talking about the playoffs, um, some disturbing trends. Right. I mean, obviously, we can kind of attribute some of these disturbing trends to the lack of Rochelle Bateman on the outside and some of the injuries and, and things we've had to deal with as far as to our running backs and O-line and Mark Andrews or and whatnot. But, you know, the, through the first three games, Lamar Jackson's uh, QBR as far as uh, against pressure. Um, it was the best in the NFL at ninety nine point two, and since then, weeks four, weeks four through eleven, um, his QBR is thirty three point one, which is twenty seventh in NFL. Also, yards per t- yards per attempt has tanked. He's at six point one uh, in the last seven or eight weeks, um, which is only above. Kenny Pickett and Mac Jones. So when you hear things like that, it doesn't instill much confidence as far as our offense in the playoffs. And I think a lot of the flock, you know, coming out of the Panthers game, they were kind of concerned about that. One thing I do want to caution though, is, you know, obviously we're a work in progress. Um, we have Lamar Jackson. So that's that's a deal breaker in the playoffs. He he's a game changer. You know, he's the wild card. If he decides he wants to take over a game like we saw last uh, time, we were uh, the last playoff run we had against the Titans, he decided, hey, I just want to take over the game. He broke out that long run and then that changed the momentum of the game. So we have that X factor on our team. You know, we still have Mark Andrews and we just have to figure out how to best use the pieces we have. Right. You know, yeah, DeMarcus Robinson.
1: Yeah. yeah DeMarcus but, Robinson. You, you're, yeah. you're keen on it. That's that yeah. guy we saw we saw someone step up who we weren't expecting last week and he he looked the part to me. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, for this offense. Now, I, I'm not saying to Marcus Robinson is the guy who in the offseason we're like, "Oh, we need we need a wide receiver one or wide receiver two and and you know in in that sense when we didn't have Bateman laid up with the Liz Frank, but uh Robinson, I think you and I had this conversation on Twitter uh month and a half ago where When Bateman got hurt, it was DeMarcus Robinson is the guy who steps in for Bateman, not Devin Duvernay, because Devin Duvernay has a a defined role. Now, that role has been changed I think since since why are uh, we throwing
2: him the fucking ball well why because we now else?
1: now I think we can't we should be trying to work him in we should be trying to, to get him the same Touches. level of involvement that he had yeah. before but we need to uh, again we need we had to establish Bateman in that role to begin with so now we have to re-establish Robinson in the role that Bateman was playing but I think Robinson showed us last week he's capable of a heavy workload he did a great job. Every time we looked his way, not only did he catch the ball, he got yards after catch. He he was fighting, he was making tough catches. He's on the sideline. He he's he, he's everywhere on the field. So he is playing the role of the guy that does everything that that we need, especially the way this offense is designed where it's not uh, you know, a game-breaking wide receiver. It's a wide receiver who makes the hard catches and who gets the hard yards.
2: Yeah, 9 just, catches for 128 yards is a game-breaking game. You know what I mean? So Well, like, I just
1: mean he's not like uh, okay, so we uh, a, a name has, that I'm going to compare him to is somebody we've talked about, Odell Beckham as a wide receiver one is a different wide receiver one than oh, DeMarcus yeah. Robinson played last week. Why that so Odell Beckham can get 128 yards on 4 catches, but DeMarcus Robinson got 9 catches I believe on 9 targets. I think he yeah. caught every ball that was thrown his way yeah. so that's chemistry that's a guy who's catching He he's catching the ball close to the line of scrimmage he's catching the ball downfield a little bit he's just he's running the short and intermediate routes and he's getting yards after carry or after catch and he, he's producing in in the role that we really haven't had anybody do there's yeah. nobody that's been on this team that's done it that way
4: and, and one final point to build on yours I mean the fact is, we're just tr- we have we need time to learn our personnel, right? When I say right. learn it, you know, when Bateman goes down, we didn't have a surefire answer as who's going to step on step inside of his role and fill it. Now we're seeing that, okay, Demarcus Robinson can do some of these things that Rashad Bateman was doing, and you know, maybe he can add some things to it. He's a veteran, you know, he's he's played with uh, Patrick Mahomes, he has playoff experience, so that's going to be key in the playoffs as far as gaining Lamar Jackson's trust. That's that's all this this next stretch of games going into the playoffs. That's all that we need to work towards on that's, offense. You're it's right, protecting it, Lamar it, it, and and earning his trust and the trust. finding out who who's yeah. going to be those guys in key moments. And, and I've, I've, been, I
3: think it grows from there too because you got to think like Demarcus Robbins came in kind of late you know, and into the, like, you know, being a season and, you know, developing that chemistry, Lamar is not your like orthodox quarterback. Like you have to know how to break off your routes, find zone, soft coverage, those types of things when he's scrambling around. So, you, you know, and there's been a lot of plays this year in big games where there's been an almost big play to DeMarcus Robinson, whether it was an overthrow, maybe a little bit high, you know, maybe he, you know, tough catch off the hands, maybe he's out of bounds. Like there's, been some big plays, um, you know that could have been potential, but you can see that each week that chemistry is kind of growing. I know he; I don't think he's a number one. You know, he's not somebody that's going. You know, he's not going to be your number one, but I think he would be. An unbelievable number two if we brought in somebody like Odell to be the number one, like somebody that can be that focus to bring even more attention, because essentially Lamar is a weapon. He is a thrower. He is a runner. He is a dual threat quarterback. So therefore, he is like an extra player on the field. So that's why it's so hard for defenses to scheme for him, because theoretically, he It's like the offense has 12 players versus 11. So, you know, if if you bring in another weapon, the more that you can isolate coverage, the more like, like nobody's scared of James Prochet. Nobody's scared of Devin Duvernay. I
1: think they should be scared of James Prochet because he'll come out there and and, uh, punch you in the face after the play's over. He, well, he, he else, out hope, He's yeah, out there to play football.
3: He's out there to start fights. There's no, there's no offensive play and Mark Andrews just came back. So, you know, I think a lot of that stretch, like Nit said, from like, as far as his rating goes, I think a lot of that had to do without a safety blanket. And, you know, now that he's back, I think this was kind of a warm up and, you know, he came back to Mark Andrews. But my issue is it still goes back to the play calling, you know, the situational play calling. Yeah, you know, you can look at it in the optimistic side of Ravens fans are going to say, oh, well, Ricard was open. Okay, yeah, he's open, but you know what? <laughs> Shaq's open on a lot of threes too. Do you think he's gonna pull them? So, so gonna, my whole, whole thing with that was the a reason he was open that far down the field. Why are you calling that play when it's 10 degrees out and windy?
2: You exactly. know what I mean? That's the, it, in, a, in a dome. You just in a dome, ran, Patrick a good, catches that. You just that's ran not a how you sprint
3: it. out like he just ran a good sprint yeah. out. Got a nice pass to Mark Andrews off the gate, got a got a you know, first down, whatever. Right there's where you run an RPO and hit them backside and work the keep working that side of the field.
1: Or and say, hey, instead of having Pat Ricard run that route, have Kenyon Drake run that
4: route. Just as who? Have, I to likely.
3: have uh, Oliver have, have Devin
2: Duvernay run that run. Right Devin Duvernay, I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I love Patrick Ricard. I'm probably his biggest supporter. No, I, I mean, I like Patrick.
1: That's Ricard. putting Patrick Ricard in a, a bad spot. That's not, a, a, that's spot not a play he's that's, made to, he's not built for that play. I mean, it's, it's no, that's just, he's built for You
4: give him,
2: yeah, and you give Patrick, Ricard, he had that fullback dive where he, you know, we need like three yards for a first down. He got four. Like, that's what he does, is you give him the right. ball and, you know, short yard situation and he's got a I think four
1: we needed one that. and he got six like he just yeah. kept going you know but yeah, yeah so you're like, right that's, totally that's right. the thing is
2: that he he thrives off contact you give him the ball near the line of scrimmage and you let him fucking you know he be 300 pounds and an amazing athlete you don't fucking throw him wheel routes on the field
1: Yeah, as long as you get the snap right and the handoff right that's a first down every single time yeah, yeah.
2: And, and it's, it's
1: just
3: going back to to talk about the defense like you know, like the, like I think this defense is like is becoming special. If people stay healthy, like the addition of Roquan Smith, like you all said, you know, that I think I mentioned it last week, but that elevates the play of Patrick Queen and he balled out. And exactly. even though it was an ugly game, it was mainly ugly because of our offensive game plan. It wasn't ugly defense. It was I no, mean, it
1: was beautiful yeah. defensively.
3: It's the Panthers. It is what it is. But it's still the NFL. The Panthers have. If you were to look at, but if
2: you were to look at the Panthers, what side of the ball are they actually good on? I mean, I would say their offense is far more talented than their defense.
1: Now, let's to be fair. They did get Chin back this week. They ha- they yeah. had all their defensive playmakers. They have some so talent on that team. They do. Yeah, they, Shrek, so the, the yeah, Panthers, Thompson, yeah, uh, the Panthers are, are sort of Roberts. penalized, like in the eyes of the public, because of the circumstances that have befallen them. You know, to this point Baker in the season, Miffle. they're way, yeah, yeah, right. But they're they're way more complete as a team last week and moving forward than they have been. They don't have a quarterback. We all know that. Their best quarterback is PJ Walker who didn't play and the only reason he didn't play because he was hurt. So, um, you know, the Panthers aren't as bad off as everyone wants to make them out no. to be. They're not good by any stretch, but they have some very good players on the
3: defensively team. though. I think this was a huge confidence game because, you know, it, it's been, you know, we've been winning recently. And at the same time, like you got people coming back off injury and everybody's kind of, you know, the what ifs of when everybody gets together, what's going to happen, you know, who's going to do what, but I think this thing's that stand out is Calais has been balling out mm-hmm. JPP making plays, Um, Patrick Queen's been making plays because of the Roquan Smith addition. Kyle Hamilton gets better every game. He's been playing more forward to the line of scrimmage. Um, Marcus Williams is going to come back. Marlon's back to all pro Marlowe, Like he's making plays. Marcus Peters had a hell of a strip. Marlon
1: is arguably the best cornerback in football. When he's
3: on his game, absolutely.
1: This season, Marlon Humphrey has arguably been the best cornerback in football. I mean, you you can make the argument. I mean, there you know, there's a couple of very good ones. But Marlon say Humphrey, name. say his name. Come on, do it. Sauce Gardner. <laughs> no. I, I mean, I'm putting I'm putting Marlon above Sauce Gardner, and I, I'm a, I'm I'm a Sauce Marlon, fan. Oh
2: yeah, me too. Miles yeah. ahead, miles but ahead. Marlon South.
1: Humphrey has been <laughs> locked down every single week. Every week, he has not had a bad game. He's had some no. games that are better than other games, but he has been great every single week he might he may be the top rated cornerback you know we don't love to give pro football focus uh, a lot of clout with the way that with their their grading system that no one understands where Justin Houston was graded like the 12th best defender on the Ravens the week that he won AFC defensive player (laughs) of the week and he had two and a half sacks but um I I wouldn't doubt that Marlon Humphrey if not if not the number one cornerback in football he's got to be close to it top three on the, and and that's just me like guessing, but I'm saying by my eyes and I don't watch every snap of every game. So I can't say, but Marlon Humphrey, I can't imagine there's a cornerback who's playing, you know, as well as he is every single game week in week out.
2: No, I mean, there really isn't. And like, he's been a huge boost to the defense. Again, Marcus Peters being back is helpful because you don't have some fucking loser signed up, you know, lined up opposite of Marlon. Like last year, like, our defense looks great. I mean, when we're talking about always not closing on sacks and, like, that's our biggest complaint for the defense and Chuck Clark existing, you know, that's that's a good thing. That's a, that's a big change from last year and really a big change from, like, the beginning of the year, too. I mean, I, I know that uh, our, our buddy Brian, who won't jump in the Inner Harbor, posted a bunch of stats today of, you know, how the defense has done and from weeks four to 11, and, like, we've looked great. Like, there's really not much to complain about defensively. And when we're nitpicking OA for not developing fast enough, when we took him as a developmental pick, that's kind of you know proof enough that the defense is playing well.
1: Yeah. And it's
2: really going to come down to the offense. Like that's that's really where we're going to win or lose in the playoffs. Is can the offense put up enough points to you know win win football games?
4: Yeah, and I, I think it's – Can, it, I, it, can, I, it, can I, hold on? Hold on, Pan. Yeah, I just wanted to shout out Ty's by Bowser as well, because I don't think he's been talked about enough from Ravens flop. His return has kind of shared that position where Owe was kind of trying to fill his role a little bit. Him, Ty's Bowser being back will allow Owe to kind of concentrate and and kind of get reps on the things that he needs to excel at to be great in this league. Um, but I wanted to shout out Ty's Bowser because, I mean, he opened the second half with the tackle for no gain, he had uh, tight coverage on tight end. I forget his name was uh, Ian Thomas. I think he mm-hmm. uh, forced an yep. incompletion. Yep. And, and that drive resulted in a three and out. And that's and those were consecutive plays. Just shows you how versatile he is, and you know, just coming back from that Achilles injury, he's been balling. So shout to him.
1: Yo, Nick, yeah, so Nick, yeah. so we were talking about this because you're not as sold yet on Kyle Hamilton as an impact as an impact player so much as a role player. So I think Tyus Bowser is actually a good comp for. Uh, Hamilton, the way Hamilton is deployed in this defense where Bowser does a lot of things really, really well. And like you just said, like he's out there making tackles in, in the open field. He is challenging the tight end. He's also obviously um, he's rushing the quarterback. He he does things, Uh, you know, he's like kind of positionless where he's able to, to be deployed in, in a lot of different ways. And Kyle Hamilton, that's why, again, we're going to get back to that pro football focus grading nonsense, but Kyle Hamilton is graded the number one safety in the NFL, not the number one rookie, not the number one rookie safety, the number one safety in the NFL. And that's because of everything he does in different ways. And he can rush the quarterback. He can make tackles in the open field. He covers tight ends like nobody else. He's probably the number one coverage safety in the NFL. We can probably all agree on that. We've seen him now. His his obviously his sample size is smaller because he's only on the field. 55, 60% of the time. But I, I think the way Bowser is used is a great example of why Hamilton is going to grow into a bigger role. But again, it's going to be one that's not like a typical, like you were saying, when we were talking privately, uh, when he came in, people were talking about, Oh, it's the new Ed Reed. I think people just like to say those things because it's like, Ed Reed is like a, you know, obviously like a, a, a cornerstone figure in the Ravens history, but Kyle Hamilton isn't uh, an Ed Reed in the sense that he plays the same position. He is an, an Ed Reed potential, like career wise, because of the way he can impact a game. And so, Kyle Hamilton being able to fly all over the field and kind of line up in, in three or four different positions and be, uh, you know, not just proficient, but play exceptionally well at all those positions. That's that's where I think his value is and that's why we took him at 14 and you know I know people are going to continue to sort of pick that apart until he has an impact that's that's felt uh, you know, on a, on a larger scale, but the way Kyle Hamilton's playing in the opportunities he's getting. And I think they still, they should have been more to this point. And hopefully his injury is not one that lasts very long. Um, and he's able to get back on the field. But I think Kyle Hamilton is a, it's a weapon again, like the defense on this team. It's not, um we don't, this defense is not one that's like, do your job and get off the field. This is a defense that I can take the ball away. Right. Exactly. So, uh I I picked, I picked a a tweet that I had like all the way back in may where last year, this team was very bad at taking the ball away. And it showed um, the point differential showed it everything. If you can't take the ball away, then you're putting your offense in a bad position. So this defense this year has over 10 interceptions, over 10 fumble, uh, force fumbles. And uh, what was the third stat? That they 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 have done something that no other team has done. So it's it's a team that's the defense is is just like their impact. It's not like oh you got to like really dig deep into the stat sheet to find it. It's very obvious. This they they the the defense is a weapon, and they haven't. I don't know if they've scored a touchdown yet, but they had one taken it's away this one. week. They took had one taken yeah they had one taken away this week and they're going to be a unit that starts scoring points because they not like every week they get more confident and so now like the Marcus Peters ripping the ball out that's something we saw a lot in 2019 yeah exactly so that's something we used to see a lot and and then for the last two years we saw guys trying to do it and to the point where they were trying to do it and guys were getting out of tackles and getting extra yards. And now we're back to the point where this defense swarms, they intimidate, they scare people. So, like, we're getting turnovers out of common tackles because we have these guys who are just so hungry to steal the ball from you. So, that,
4: plays, that plays in the playoffs, too. Like, right? yeah. giving the offense more chances to put points on the board, that never hurts your goal, right?
1: Right. No. And rest, rest. You know, like the the offense not being gassed, the offensive line not being gassed. Like, you know, like in, in the that Tennessee game we lost in 2019, the offense was on the field so much. The offensive line, the center, we had bad snaps. We had guys getting beat. So, like, you know, the defense playing well and the defense creating turnovers and the defense intimidating their opponent, those are things that are going to – those translate directly to the playoffs. And they're happening now at a good time because we're getting into football, like, you know – uh we talk about this a lot with i don't like to go to football games i don't like to sit outside i don't like to be in cold weather well guess what it's cold now and it's uncomfortable to be at games and it's uncomfortable playing games the last week we talked about the wind we talked about the temperature that's playoff weather it, it i mean that's even maybe even a little bit better than playoff weather so like we're getting to that point where it's it it's not comfortable to be out there and hey, our right,
4: go quick, quick quick thing yeah um you're talking about playoff weather. All the fans are complaining about our schedule, saying we're not playing anybody and this and that. Don't you guys want this easy fourth play schedule so we can have a home playoff games? And if there is inclement weather, it can be in Baltimore as opposed to you say Buffalo or Kansas City. I'd rather be in
1: the crib, you know what I mean, in our backyard. Who's wow. complaining? Did Did they not see who we played the first seven <laughs> weeks of the season? Everybody, yeah,
4: they're saying we didn't do it against them, but we're doing it against the bum team. So I'm like, fam, we aren't, we're not even the same team that, that we were in uh, versus Miami. Believe me, I was, I was, I was well,
1: how about talking mad like, shit after we. How did. about this? The next closest team to us in our division is the Bengals, and they played their easy part of the season to start, and they're still behind us. So they're about to go into the hard part. So, how about why don't we see how the easy part shakes out for us? Now, I think the easy part is a little bit overstated with um like a team you like – got to
4: go out there and win.
1: Yeah a team like Denver and like last week Carolina, you know, I predicted 45, 13. So, you know, it happens. Yeah. I, I was, a little, I was a little overconfident in the offense, w- whatever, you know what? We came away with a, a win. Doesn't matter. Uh, you know, I'm not, a am not Miss Cleo. So what does it matter? But uh, you know, you talk about Denver. I saw a stat earlier from uh, Cal Ripken son, Ryan Ripken. He's, he's gotten into to media and he's got some good nuggets sometimes. And he said that the, the Broncos, if they had scored more than 17 points every single game this season, they'd be nine and one right now.
4: Their defense is amazing.
1: Yeah. So like, that's a team that's a lot better the than they look sucks. But You look at the win-loss record. So yeah, but so the good thing is we play a team like that. We have a defense that, uh, you know, I have confidence in. The, last week, this is something that I haven't seen a lot of people say, but I think we all feel this. Uh, Pretty much every week before last week, because we weren't really settled into our new normal of Roquan Smith being like the guy who sort of sets the tone for, for the defense. No matter what the lead was at any point in any game, well, especially after Miami, uh, let's, let's throw the Jets out the window because week one, we didn't know any better. But I was never confident we could finish a game after that Miami game. The Miami game kind of like put me in a position where I don't give a shit how much how many points we're up by. I'm nervous that the same thing's going to happen again. Last week we, uh, you know, That's we were weeks. yeah we were up six to, we were up seven to three or whatever it was, but like you know like it was it was six to three whatever it was six, six to three we were up six to three and I was like just. I I wasn't sweating it. I was just kind of like, I know we're going to win this game. I really don't want to win six to three though. That's gross. We're going to look like assholes, but I I have no doubt that we're still going to win. I didn't have any any question that the defense was going to implode on itself. It was just the defense came out and every single time did what they needed to do. So, you know, I think there's something to be said for the confidence that has been built in the defense that quickly. You put Roquan Smith in there, you get Tyus Bowser back and the defense looks completely different.
2: And just wait till book comes back. So you know, we still, we still right. got another guy coming back that's gonna, you know, hopefully make a big impact on the defense. I, I feel like we have fans that will just wake up and bitch about anything, though, and that's kind of where the schedule nonsense comes from. Of you know, you're not playing anybody good. You're not doing this against good teams, but you you have to play who's on the schedule. You have to win those games. And I mean, this is all confidence builder for us at this point. So if we roll in the playoffs, you know, on a on a win streak and defenses, you know, world beaters like that's that's going to mean a lot. So it doesn't matter who they're beating the fuck out of. Just keep beating the fuck out of everybody.
1: They're going to say that same thing even when we play Cleveland and Pittsburgh, where those teams haven't played all that well. Number one, when we play Cleveland, they're going to have Deshaun Watson, which we don't know what he's going to look like. We haven't seen him in two years, but it's a lot different than, um, you know, what we've seen in the past from Cleveland. Uh, and then Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh. So. It, a Pittsburgh game is a Pittsburgh game, and you can't take it lightly, no matter what. Hopefully, we beat the shit out of them, and we embarrass uh, Kenny Pickens, and I don't know that George, or, that George, or Kenny Pickens, I should say, George Pickens, I don't think will be on the field because of his uh, his assault that he committed, and he was kicked out. I think that uh, Roger Goodell probably is is meeting with the police to <laughs> file charges, I, he doesn't belong on a football field. This is this is a, a repeat pattern. This is, this is not a guy who lost his temper. This is a guy who uh, has a, a history of attacking people while he's in uniform.
2: So this is a guy in a one in a one score divisional game that needed to assault somebody rather than focus on winning
1: on a kickoff on a kickoff. Yeah,
2: like that's not the kind of you know cancer that you want in your locker room. Like he's going to force Mike Tomlin into an early retirement. He's gonna force the Steelers to be below five hundred because he just he doesn't care. He, he's not a good football player.
1: I heard Mike Tomlin's considering just going and in, going into broadcasting because he he's so tired of George Pickens' nonsense. He can't coach in the NFL anymore because George Pickens came in with the attitude and the behavior that he's shown. He said, "I've had enough." It was one thing when Ben Roethlisberger was here riding motorcycles and you know committing uh, <laughs> felonies and in different states but George Pickens on the football field that kind of behavior that's that that's out of bounds for for Mike I mean Mike Tomlin one time tried to trip our our player while he was bringing back a kickoff for a touchdown meanwhile now he he wants to quit midseason i heard this i have a source he wants to quit midseason wants to quit on the Steelers because he doesn't want to coach George Pickens anymore. Oh, no,
2: I mean,
3: that was it, the it, most get off my lawn rant that I've ever heard in my entire life. You got sources? Because I, I do. I got sources. Where, Great your argument expired. You're not verified on Twitter. You're
2: not verified on Twitter. Your, your take doesn't matter here.
4: Oh, Zone 32 God. during Raven's $8. Day this week is going
2: to be. I ridiculous. am the
3: Lone Ranger.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, you got Grant over here like, oh, I love George Pickens. Meanwhile, you know, no, just, I, I is,
3: can appreciate good play. But I mean, he's been playing well. What do you mean a lie? What 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 about that play on the kickoff was good?
2: What what was good about that? What do you mean? I mean, he got kicked out of the game in a one-score game because he's a dumbass and can't you know keep his temper under control. He
3: didn't even really do anything though. He's on on a wanted wanted poster. He's on a wanted poster
2: now. He's
3: (laughs) Wyatt Wyatt Earp
2: out there on the
3: field, just being a straight outlaw.
2: That was like Miles Garrett hitting Mason Rudolph with a helmet. Oh like that was that was like just as bad. That was just a vicious yeah. assault.
3: That was Vontae like, perfect.
2: Oh shit! There there are children watching, and you have this you asshole George Pickens. Hey,
3: you need to stop looking through the eyes of LeBron if you think that's violent. Oh, shit. No, I
2: mean I, he got kicked out of the game for a reason. I, he deserved it. I just you know I don't rules understand how we can here exactly. Like, we have rules for a reason. We're a civilized society for a reason. You can't be out here breaking them and getting kicked out of games and one score game.
3: But did he score again?
2: <laughs> yeah, but they lost because he got kicked out of the game. But Imagine he if he was again? there at the end of the you game. Why don't we George,
1: check? Why don't we check? Why don't we go back and check all the games he scored in? Bet their losses.
3: You were talking about George garbage TDs. Garbage TDs. You need to specify.
1: Garbage TDs. (laughs) (laughs) It just doesn't bring anything to the table. Passing,
3: catching. Hey, if
1: you found a filet mignon in the trash, would you eat it? That's George Pickens. It's a trap. He eats his dinner out of the trash.
2: The trap
4: grant abort.
1: (laughs) All
2: right, so now we've gotten through a freaking slam.
0: Anywho, let's go ahead and segue back to the original points, which is one, let's hope Jerome Boger never referees another Ravens game for the the season. Great point. Including the playoffs. And number two, Never wear white pants again. Why do you think the score is 13-3, to Will? White pants. That's
1: a fair point. And, you know, that's not going to be reflected in my stats, but that is a great – I'm going to have to – now from from when we do the the purple jersey, white pants, I'm going to have to do sort of a caveat to say, hey, let's not forget, we got at least one win in here that was pretty ugly. So, you know, wins are wins. And I did say that if we're going to do white pants, it's got to be purple jerseys. Uh, The other two options are – are make me sick uh they're both they're both losing i bet yeah i think they're both 33 percent winners so yeah they're well can't do it we're gonna be on the road this week so hold on um we're gonna do our normal thing where uh that's right i'm not gonna put on the screen because uh my computer was acting up but i'm gonna pull it up so you guys fill some air while i get this up
0: yes that is right as you said we are going on the road this week we're actually going on the road to Duval County to play the old Jacksonville Jaguars, who are coming off a bye week, who are also a three-win team that is remaining on our schedule. They have a second the second year, freaking uh, sunshine from remember the Titans looking quarterback on their roster. They're more of a running kind of team with ETN, and they don't have the epic grinder as their quarterback anymore not quarterback as their coach anymore. It just grind. trying to... Yeah, the epic grinder. say, <laughs> hey, save. man, you got, got that young girl on him right after the loss against the Bengals. <laughs> so, I mean, that's just kind of what it is. So, anyway, I haven't gone to him in a while. So, you know what? Before we get into the pants, Grant, give me your thoughts and your preview on this game, man, because I mean, this the is Jags are coming week. off a bye week.
3: It's, I mean, it's a similar situation, but, it, it, I mean, I think the Jaguars are a lot better team than the Panthers, but in the sense of how we should dominate the game on different phases of the game. I think this is a similar situation as the Carolina game. Um, Jacksonville, I mean, they can put up points. ETN can run the football. He's dual threat running back. Um, I think he's somebody, but I feel a whole lot better facing him as a running back this week than I did three weeks ago, because I think the Roquan Smith addition alleviates a lot of the skill sets that they need to do from the passing game over the intermediate routes and what they need to do with Patrick Queen letting him run free um, and kind of basically just shadow ETN. Because it's going to be athlete on athlete at that point. Um, You know, Christian Kirk doesn't scare me, you know. um, I I think that this is an overmatched game. Defensively, we should dominate. I I want to – interested to see if – hopefully, I want to see a job. But – you know, I want to see what he's got. You know, I, we always do the George Pickens jokes. And, you know, I wanted Pickens in that spot. And, you know, I, does it doesn't mean I want job Jabba to fail. No, hell no, it doesn't mean he's a Raven. You know, I want to see him get out and get 15 sacks. So, you know, I want to see him ball out. But if he does fuck up, <laughs> you best believe that <laughs> I'm coming with it. But, you I know, mean, I'm, I'm here for it. Um, In fun, all seriousness, though, no, I think three, he's gonna, When he gets
2: three sacks and doesn't get kicked out, you know, like we uh, have that competition.
3: I want to see Marlon continue. I want to see, you know, Marcus Peters continue, Juice May doing his thing. Um, I want to see Kyle Heaven make some plays. But offensively, I want to see Gus back. Kenyon Drake's been running the ball pretty well. You know, he looks explosive. Um, he's running the read option really well with Lamar. Um, You know, he catches the ball out of the backfield. You know, he gains yards. He falls forward. You know, he has that, you know, that running back momentum that you want. Um, But Gus being kind of that downhill guy, you know, the A to B runner, like he's going to be somebody that's going to compliment Drake well until J.K. And that forces J.K. not to have to rush back either. You know, let him take his time. You know, he's already kind of, you know, felt stiff on him, you know, whatever it is. But like Kenny and Drake is making it easier for him not to rush back which I think is important, you know, tight ends, getting healthy playing ball. There just needs to be one more addition. And as we've said a million times, you know, bring me Odell. Like we're like one playmaker short from being dynamic because like I mentioned earlier, DeMarcus Robinson's the number two threat, you know, Duvernay that can run kind of the jets there, uh, you know, he's a running back that runs, that runs like a receiver and he's a sprinter. So, you know, he's not more like East West shifty, but he's going to gain yards. He's going to make you miss. He's going to outrun you. Break tackles. You know he's a returner, so he's got straight vision. Um, but no, I, I think that it's going to be another game that we pretty much put away. I think this game actually is you know more of a dominant performance than a thirteen to three. You know, thirteen to three was a dominant thirteen to three. But I think this is going to be more of us putting up points. Well, I think um,
1: uh, we're going to be in, in better weather too. So it's going to be warm and, and
3: you yeah, know, yeah, oh yeah,
1: that changes. Things.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, to the Gus Edwards point, too, like, we, we've missed him. And I feel like that's a missing wrinkle to our offense of having that, you know, second guy. Justice Hill's been okay, but he's not. He's tapered off.
1: He's tapered off.
2: Yeah, he, he's kind of hit or miss. Like, he's not consistent, and nor should we really be expecting him to. But if Gus comes back, I mean, that's, uh, you know, you draw the play for a five-yard carry, he's going to get a five-yard carry. And I feel like that kind of um, takes away from Roman stupidity of uh, you know if he's gonna be feeding Gus Edwards the ball Gus Edwards is gonna get you yards so you're not gonna realize how stupid Greg Roman is. Agreed.
0: Plus he's the pounder up the gut. Like if he when you're running the option with he and Lamar and he takes the dive, even if he's at the line of scrimmage he can run through and still get those five to six yards just off of sheer will alone like that's a that's definitely a missing dynamic in our offense. Plus it helps Drake because he's the lightning to the thunder in that backfield.
1: Yeah well and the the run game last game so we had eight straight games with 150 yards and we got 115 yards this last this last week. And we didn't really have anybody. So the week before we had Gus for, for part of the game and um, it, it opens the middle of the field up uh, when, you know, it keeps everybody sort of uh, honest on defense. So uh, Lamar Jackson, a lot of times when he's getting big runs, they're coming from the middle of the field. And when we're not attacking the middle of the field um, and then we're designing everything to go off, off tackle. Um, the run game suffers because of that. So the run game didn't look the way it should still. I mean, I'm not going to complain about 115 yards on the ground, but it, it took a while to get it going. And uh, it took DeMarcus Robinson stepping up and having 128 yards receiving, I think to open it up to. So having Gus Edwards on the field sort of changes everything because uh, the run game isn't so one dimensional. Um, every single run I think last week was sort of an off tackle look. It was outside, and um, the edge wasn't getting sealed a lot of times. Like we we had motions that were looking to, to to pick up those those guys who were off the edge and missing, or we had pullers, and it it, it just was ugly to me. Um, the run game didn't look as crisp as it has. So looked disjointed. Yeah. Um, so if we get Gus back, I think that changes things because then we have, we have the change of pace. We can like pound it up the middle. We can run outside with, with Drake. Justice Hill is a change of pace and not a guy who's going to get, you know, a workload, which he, he got a pretty good workload and he didn't do a whole lot with it. Um, but then it gives Lamar Jackson more of an opportunity to sort of just use the entire line of scrimmage his, uh, you know, wherever he, he finds the hole he goes. So um, I think that's going to be a key this week.
2: No, I definitely agree. I mean, defense should dominate. The uh, Jaguars' offensive line is not great. I feel like they'll get to Lawrence a lot. And, you know, again, Peters and Marlin like another game for them to show out. And it really comes down to, is the offense going to convert? You know, are we going to keep stalling out at the 50 or are we going to actually be able to punch the ball? In? And that's right. really um, – is, is Kohler back? That, that's the other – He know.
1: is. He is. He wasn't active. He, was, he, yeah. he, he is activated, but he was not active. I think he will be active this week, which means hopefully – we see Nick Boyle inactive because Nick Boyle has been active but completely uninvolved, so he's just sort of a waste of a jersey. Um, and Kohler, I'd like to see what he's got to offer because you know there, there's people that we know uh, who are like, who gives a shit about Kohler? Well, I think we all should because he was drafted to catch the ball, and one of the things we have been sort of struggling to to uh, establish identity with is passing and catching the ball. So if we have a guy, a six foot six, six foot seven guy who can catch the ball, who's known for having good hands, who's known for playing well in the red zone. uh, Let's get him in the game and let's see what he can add to this, this offense. Uh, You know, at this point in the season, people who are like, "Uh, I don't really, I don't want to see Kohler in the game. I don't care what he can do. Well, I don't know what you're looking for then because he's on the team. He, you know, if he, if he's an active 53-man uh, guy, we don't want him inactive on game day. We want him in the game. We want him contributing. We haven't seen anything. He, you yeah, know? but so,
3: those are those are James Prochet truthers saying that. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, you know,
2: they need to shut the fuck up and realize that James Prochet sucks. <laughs> and and Spike be... shoe
3: wears.
0: <laughs> they need yeah, to stop I'm... standing for a dude who fucking sells butterfly T-shirts and he's settle down. Yeah, I swear so.
2: to I, I swear to God James Prochet is like an inside joke for Harbaugh and EDC, where Harbaugh stands in front of the media and is like, uh, oh yeah, you know, James is gonna have a uh, you know, big big role for us going down the stretch and he's gonna make some big plays, and then they just go into his office and laugh about it afterwards.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I don't where get they? how a guy who was drafted in the sixth round three years ago in year three can have more penalty yards than receiving yards, and that's not just like He has five penalty yards and four receiving yards. It's he has 54 penalty yards. So he has a net negative one yard in year three. We've let him hang around this long, and all he's contributing is 54 penalty yards. Do we have a single offensive lineman who has 54 penalty yards on them? Which maybe,
2: maybe Morgan Moses.
1: If you're, they're getting 10 at a time on, on, on normal plays. Like if a guy gets a hold gets holding, like, obviously we don't want to see that, but like a lot of times holding is so that the quarterback's not getting murdered. You're talking about James Prochet has gotten multiple personal fouls four yeah. I think he,
2: he, three he or four sucks. Like he sucks. I, I have people, I, I tweeted all the time. I always have the same handful of morons in my mentions like, Oh, he just doesn't get a shot. Well, he doesn't get a shot cause he sucks. So like, what's the point of rolling him out there? He doesn't catch the ball in the red zone. He doesn't catch the ball, you know, between the 20s. Like he just doesn't bring anything to the table.
1: We've given up guys uh what's what's the guy's name we drafted the uh the running back converted to defensive back from Ohio State. What was that guy's name?
2: Uh, us, Sean Wade. Uh Sean Wade, oh, Sean um, Wade. Sean yeah. Wade,
1: we drafted I believe in the 4th round, right? Yeah, and traded, him. traded him before And traded camp. him in camp the same year. Meanwhile, James Prochet, like how about this? Sean Wade. He was a running back. Let's convert him to a fucking wide receiver and let him stick around for three years and commit penalties. You know, I don't understand a lot, and I'm not not advocating for Sean Wade here. I'm advocating for not keeping guys around for three fucking years to commit penalties in year three in meaningful situations in regular season football games just on dumbass penalties every fucking week. Four weeks in a row, it feels like he's done that shit.
2: Like, where is Andy Isabella? Why is Benjamin Victor not getting a shot? I understand that uh, Deshaun Jackson's hurt, and old and isn't recovering fast enough, but we have
4: I forgot other about guys. You. Isabella,
2: yeah, but Isabella I mean, we have
4: there.
2: we we have other guys that you know can give you nothing. Like yeah, you can pull right. somebody off the street that can give you the same thing James do not
1: tell. Yeah, and don't tell me, oh, we need someone who can contribute here, there, or the other place, because we have Nick Boyle playing every single week who gets like three snaps. So like we have yeah. guys active who do nothing. So, if you want to talk about that, let's have a guy uh, who's active who can do more than nothing, who can do more than three snaps. Because, like, Andy Isabella could do more than three. Like, you know, I don't know. Like, it can't be that complicated to get 10 snaps.
2: If your floor is what James Proche brings to the table, like, I assure you that anybody who has been drafted in the NFL can at least give you that. Right. Because it's nothing. It's literally a net negative. Like it's it's a negative. Brandon one Marshall was out days. here
1: polishing the Ra- the Ravens' balls two weeks ago, saying they're the best Ravens team ever. Give him a call. I don't give a shit. Yeah. he's not that old, right? He's got yeah. he's probably his mid thirties.
2: <laughs> Fucking Jerry Rice, Deshaun Jackson, Randy Moss. Hey, like we did Des
4: Bryant, so hey, at right at this
1: point,
2: yeah, Des corpse. Des Bryant's corpse was better than James Brochet. I promise
1: you. <laughs> I promise you. I would put every dollar that I have on Brandon Marshall is a better NFL wide receiver today, right now, coming, like, give him a call right now, get him out of bed. He is better than James Prochet,
2: 100%. Steve Smith's put on a lot of weight since he's played. Yeah, I mean, Steve Smith's put on a lot of weight since his playing days. I would still take him over James Prochet. So what
1: what are we feeling about this week, though?
2: I mean, I I just think (laughs) that this has got to be another week where we try to build on DeMarcus Robinson's success last week and see if the offense can kind of work around that. You know what I mean? So you now know that DeMarcus Robinson is uh, sure-handed and is going to catch the ball when it's thrown to him. So let's get Duvernay involved. Let's get Kohler involved. Let's get Andrews involved. Let's get Likely involved. And we have other guys that should be getting looks. I do believe that we
1: had nine guys make a catch last week, so that's another good sign to me where uh, it's two weeks in a row where we have nine, ten guys. We're spreading the ball. So, you know, it's – and 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 – Before it was Mark Andrews wasn't in the game. So we're spreading the ball around because we don't have Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews had six catches for 63 yards, I think. So Mark Andrews had a, a, you know, a respectable stat line, but it was nice to see that Mark Andrews is in the game and early he was certainly being relied on, but DeMarcus Robinson was, I think, benefited from that. So those early looks to Mark Andrews. So, uh, Lamar Jackson being comfortable saying, all right, we've established Mark Andrews. So now we have guys who are, who who aren't getting that much of attention. So I think we, we, yeah, like you said, we build on that. Um, I don't know, like we, we got to do something better with the run game. Uh, the first series, I think the first two series we ran the ball one time, the first series we ran the ball once or we ran the ball zero times. I know that. So like coming out after, we run. We've we've run for 150 yards every single game. We we run the ball zero times. What are you doing?
2: That's that's the script shit. That 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 is. Why the is the script
1: ball. to to do one thing over and
2: over because again? Because he's like, oh well, they're expecting me to run the ball, so I'm going to throw the ball. He's an idiot. I got the like <laughs> Yeah, yeah he's,
1: but he's like, and you know what? Next play, they'll never guess. I'm going to do the same thing again, and then I'm going to do it again. <laughs> like, come on, man. Yeah. At some he's point, just, they are going to expect that you're going to do it again if you just keep doing it over and over again.
4: He's
2: just fucking stupid. There's really no other explanation for it. It's, it's that simple. He has his little game script that he comes up with, and he just sticks to that.
1: He called half a game well, and he's like, yep, I'm good for the rest of the year. One and thing. did he re- Yeah.
2: I
4: mean, it's just,
2: fuck that guy. Like, I don't know why he's still here. I'm so fucking sick of every time I get on this podcast saying, fuck Greg Roman," but get him the fuck out of here. Facts.
4: I mean, listen, one thing I was going to say about the Jags are um, like the Panthers and like some of these upcoming games, you know, Denver, Atlanta, these these teams, you know, they don't look like they can overpower you. They don't look like the toughest matchup, but they play hard. You know, um, Jacksonville, if you look at their schedule, a lot of their games, you know, Trevor Lawrence, you know, in the second half, he's him in the have come alive and made games out of, you know, some of those losses that they've taken. So we can't take them lightly. Um, I do have faith in in Lawrence as far as in the future going forward. I think he's going to be good in this league. Um, and Etienne, I mean, jeez, I mean, he's come on the last four or five weeks. So they got some playmakers, man. You know, it's going to be it's going to be on us to see what we can do to stifle them. And then, like you guys said, man, I think my my biggest thing for the rest of the season, like I already said, is offense and just building on what we need to do to put our people in the best positions because we got our team is our team now. Right. Yep.
1: So, yep. Yep. And we all right got to be it. very confident in the defense, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. This is
4: a big foot on the throat game for the defense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like Nick said, Nick cool.
1: said,
2: you know, Jaguars have been a second half team, so let's uh, let's stop that trend for them.
1: Well, and Drew Drew can attest to this, and Grant and Jake probably too. But uh, I've been even before Trevor Lawrence wasn't was officially a professional quarterback. I'm on the opposite side of you, Nick. I I, I think that uh, Trevor Lawrence was always overhyped and. I don't think he's going to be a good NFL quarterback. I think he's going to be a mediocre quarterback. He's going to be in the league for for ten years. A starter or,
4: or backup? Do you think he is he high level backup? Is he? Going I think to be he's going starter? to
1: get more opportunities to start than I think he's better than Baker Mayfield. So let okay. me say that. Um, so, but Baker Mayfield, I think, is on the verge of not being in the league. Period. Uh, so uh, I don't know what that says about him, but I think so he's going to get a longer leash than Baker Mayfield because he, I think he is better than him, but I don't know that he's that much better than him. I don't, I think they actually kind of profile somewhat similarly in terms of their skill sets and everything they bring to the table. And I haven't seen a lot from him. And, you know, I watched him in in college and I was always kind of confused why people said he was going to be this generational talent in the NFL. I didn't see that translating that well. And so far, he just, to me has been, he's had moments, but, um, you know, and I get he's been in sort of, sort of, sort of like upheaval in terms of that that uh, franchise. But I don't see it. Uh, I'm not scared of them by any means. I'm not scared of their wide receivers. I'm not scared of the talent they have. I, you know, ATN, you like you said, he's good. Um, but all in all, I think they're at best a mediocre team, and we should impose our will on them on both sides of the ball. Uh, definitely on defense. The offense. I hope this is a get-right game where. You know they put up thirty plus points and sort of get some confidence, uh, especially building off of some of the good things we talked about from the previous game. So
4: we need we need Gus back asap.
1: Agreed. We we need balance on uh, in the running game, and we don't have balance because I think Justice Hill is a very similar player to Kenyon Drake, but Kenyon Drake's just better than him. He's just like a more polished and experienced uh, NFL player. So uh, with that said, I think maybe we should make our predictions for this week. If any, unless anybody else wants to add anything to this preview.
4: no, I was for just going to say Gus is Gus is our identity. So we're searching for our identity. He's he's our
1: identity. Our okay.
4: Identity. He's the key. He is the key. All
1: right. So I'm going to make a pants prediction, a uniform prediction. Uh it's, it's white jerseys, purple pants, without a doubt, this week. 100%. Yeah. We're going to be in Jacksonville. So it's going to be. Warmer than what they're used to at this time of year. We're almost in December. Uh, we've only worn white jerseys, purple pants once this year. And it's a something that typically, I believe in the past, we've worn like five times per year for road games. So it's it's like a majority of the time we're on the road, we're wearing it. And it's a day game in Florida. So we're going to be wearing white jerseys, purple pants. There's no way we're wearing white, white. It's for white jerseys, purple pants. That is a 10 and 3 uh, seven, 76.9% of the time we win when we wear that. I don't think that's going to change this week. It, it will, it will go up. Uh, we're going to win and I'm going to hold off my score until everybody else gives theirs. Correct. So I'm I agree with the gonna, white.
0: Oh, I'm thinking it's going to be a white Jersey black pants kind of game. I got a feeling just because the Jags do like to wear. They're all blacks at home and it's November. So I mean, it might be still warm because it's Florida. But I got that funny feeling. Like if they go teal, then I could see the white with purple, but I would keep an eye out on if the Jags wear their all black uniforms, match black, was it white jerseys, black pants? And if that's the case, I would probably go with a 23 to 10 Ravens victory. If it's white jerseys, black pants, if it's white and purple, it's we'll, we'll go up to 31 to 10, because that's we can go into the prime saying, but well, you can say that better than me. So 31 to 10, if it's white and purple, 23 to 10, if it's white and black.
2: I'm going to go white-purple as well. I think that that just makes the most sense for our jersey combo. And I think 28-7, final score, we win.
3: There you go. Grant, Nick, what you got? Well, I mean, as much, I I think it should be white jersey, purple pants. But the way that they've been rolling with the jersey, they might go white-on-white. Because if Jacksonville goes all black or black tops, you know, teal bottoms, you know, that might be like one of their white-on-white games, which I hope it doesn't happen. But... That's a possibility. Um, I think it's gonna be twenty seven to ten. Um, I think defensively, you know, there's gonna be a garbage time score at the end. I think this part shut them down. Um, could even be something random like a, a special teams touch. But I think it's gonna be a solid dominant game. Um, there is potential for them to kind of make big plays. Um, I just like where we're headed our secondary, uh linebacking core, just all around. Um, and I think Lamar and, and company get it back on track. Cause Greg Roman's gotta be in the hot seat. Like Drew said, he should have been gone. We shouldn't have to say this um about getting his ass out of Baltimore. Uh but yeah, I think twenty ten. I'm mean, I'm gonna go with white on white just because I think it's shit like that. I like
4: how Grant's thinking. I mean, uh the white on white the blanco and, and in Florida. I like that. I like that uh aesthetics, you know what I mean? Um but Give me 27 17. I think it's going to, I think they're going to be able to get a, a garbage time score, run up, run up their uh, team total a little bit. I, I, let me, let me get 20.
0: If it's white on white, my, my, re, I'm revising my score to 15 to 12 Jacksonville.
4: That's
0: fucking <laughs> shit. <laughs> white on white is hot garbage. The the white pants can be memorialized in the fucking
2: whatever you want to do, but
4: Tony Montana, man. Boy. We got to go down there. Exactly. exactly. On the white pants. Hey, talking
2: hey, we're talking about aesthetics though. I, I don't know if this is too early to bring this up. Can we
1: bring? Hold up on, Prince I haven't made safe? my prediction yet.
2: Yeah, go. Oh, go ahead.
1: So, in 2019, in the month of December, we wore black pants four weeks in a row, then white. The last week of of November, which would have been the 25th, we wore Color Rush, so purple pants. In 2020, in the last week of November, the last game we played in November. Now, this is a, a weird one because we played. The twenty second, then we had a buy. So the last week of November we wore white and then black and then purple. But we wore purple five out of six weeks to end the the season in twenty 2020, twenty. Okay. Twenty twenty one, we wore black pants three out of the last five weeks, ended on purple. Uh oh, well, I should say this is uh this is based on Lamar Jackson. So uh the last week of November we wore black. So there's really no trend to go off of here. None. Now the only trend that I I do have to go off of is that this, this year we've worn purple pants one time period. We've worn color rush once and purple pants once. So we've worn purple twice. We've worn white four times. We've worn black three times. I think it probably goes without saying we're going to wear purple pants just from a, uh, you know, a a trending standpoint, especially being on the road, especially, like I said, being in Florida with, uh, we're going to wear white jerseys no matter what. So I would find it, very strange if Jacksonville wore white, all white, um, this week. So I think they're going to wear their teal, teal and black, probably. Uh, that's kind of a cool uniform combination they have. So I would say they're going to wear teal and black. We're going to wear white jerseys, purple pants, and we're going to win 31 13.
0: I'm with you. I'm with you on that similar score or to mine. I mean, we both got the same. We have the both. We both have the same total for the Ravens, scoring 31 points in purple pants. So. Before we get out of here, it's Thanksgiving this week, and as you see, as you've seen on Twitter, Grant has his Christmas tree up in his living room. I have a human holiday sweater on. No, it's not a Christmas sweater, it's a, it's a human holiday sweater, and I'll fucking go to my grave arguing that shit and saying that shit. But nonetheless, Will has a special PSA for
1: those who decorate for Christmas before the holiday of Thanksgiving comes up. It's not just decorate for Christmas, it's... If you think the Christmas season starts before Thanksgiving, so if you listen to Christmas music, if you wear a Christmas sweater, if you have a Christmas tree up, if you have lights up outside your house, if you do anything to acknowledge Christmas other than the fact that, like, obviously Christmas comes soon thereafter, there is a very important holiday coming up on Thursday. To me, it's one of the best all year. It's number one, it's a Thursday every year so we get to break up we get to have a nice short work week we get to have our family over we get to eat food that we don't eat for the most part for whatever reason we don't eat turkey and stuffing in particular very frequently uh you know i'm not going to get into the ham uh discussion tonight but whatever you eat on your table at thanksgiving you have your traditions you have your people that you have over you we we get three football games on a thursday next year we're going to have not only three football games on a Thursday, we're going to have one on Friday. So all these people were talking about Thanksgiving's one day. Oh yeah? Why the fuck are we having a football game on a Friday then? An NFL football game on a Friday? For no reason? For Christmas? That's a whole month later? No. It's because Thanksgiving deserves all the attention that it doesn't get right now. We got our friends coming over. We got pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie? When else do you eat pumpkin pie? What other holiday? It's probably the greatest dessert there is. Name another name a pie that's better than pumpkin pie. There isn't one. Okay, sweet
4: potato, listen,
1: sweet potatoes. Listen, these are all these are all good pies. But you can eat a key lime pie in the middle of June. You're gonna eat a pumpkin pie in June? I don't think so. No, it's a special day. So all these people who go from Halloween and decide, oh, it's Christmas. No, that's ridiculous. Halloween goes right into Thanksgiving, November first through not just. Thanksgiving day through the Sunday following Thanksgiving. That is Thanksgiving weekend. Okay. December Once 30. And, and if you want to, if you want to extend it to December 1st, now it's hard because the date changes every year. Sometimes December 1st is right there, but so I'm fine with, you want to make it December 1st, that's up to you. But if it's before, the Sunday after Thanksgiving, and I will give you some leeway. Once Thanksgiving ends, you can start to like break out the Christmas decorations. You can start listening to Christmas music even on Thanksgiving Day, for all I care. But if you listen to it before then, you're a terrorist. Every single radio station that starts playing fucking Thanksgiving music in the beginning of November, terrorists... Basically, what I'm saying is, if you don't acknowledge Thanksgiving as an American institution, you are a terrorist you should go and build the world cup stadium in qatar you are not part of our culture here okay so i think
2: think that in guantanamo bay there should be cells for greg roman morgan moses james Proche, and grant yes fucking christmas tree (laughs) asshole and it's just looking
1: I know Looking when you know what Grant, tree. Grant told Grant spun this this web of lies, earlier That that his mom secretly came over and put his fucking Christmas tree up. I know for a fact, He's Grant started, a Grant the reverse grinch Grant That's put a, that fucking you know, Christmas tree up on. All, no, Grant took his Grant to took his home. kid out for for Halloween for trick or treating, and he got home and he said, "Hey, boy, go get the Christmas tree. I'm putting it up right now on." Halloween, he put it up before That's he went to bed.
3: How many bed. times I've decorated my house in my life? One. This is it, and I didn't even fucking do it, so I can't even take credit for it. But here we are. I just want
2: to say, so typically Grant has um, his camera facing him, and it's looking straight at the drapes. And I think today he accidentally showed it over his shoulder, so the Christmas tree was showing. I feel no, like it's definitely. Yeah. yeah. We yeah it. I'm and saying a I gave you, a
3: good uh, view. I gave you uh, a worm's eye view here.
2: I mean, you got a fucking Santa hat on top of a Christmas tree on no, November twenty third. No, it's
3: a gnome. You just can't see it <laughs> the camera's Yeah,
2: I, I mean, I just don't want to see it because it's not Christmas season. It sounds like, like a guy who
1: put that order. up on Halloween to me. No, it's, you know it's, that.
2: Uh, you know, order you know, order you know order the,
1: sh- the same ornament.
2: You know the shirt that Barstool has. It's the you know like it says Bin Laden, Kim Jong Un, Putin, and Kyrie. I think we should take Kyrie off the shirt and put Grant on it instead. <laughs> Start selling those as fucking Zone 32 merch. Disgusting.
1: There's <laughs> a skinny tree, tree over my shoulder. Nick, do you have any mm. uh Christmas decorations up at your house? Nah,
4: but, I mean, it, it'll be fucking Christmas Eve, and we'll be trying to put that shit up. Like, we're fucking lazy with that shit.
1: I, I love it. My, my
4: daughter loves it, though, so we, we'll probably put it up. In-
1: now, I want to be clear. I'm not anti-Christmas. I'm anti-early, premature Early Christmas. Christmas celebration, and it's really only because... I don't want people forgetting about Thanksgiving, to disrespecting Thanksgiving. That's my main thing. It's I'm I'm pro Thanksgiving, not anti Christmas. I'm big big Christmas guy once we get into Christmas season. But it's so I made this point. How about this? People are like, "Oh, it's the holiday season." Oh yeah, it's the holiday season. How about this? As soon as uh Labor Day ends, it's the holiday season. Because then you got uh Arbor Day, you got uh Columbus Robert slash Moose. Indigenous Peoples Day. You got Halloween. You got Veterans Day. Uh we got election day. We got uh Thanksgiving. We have uh what's the next one? It, it, Boxing Day, we have uh Hanukkah and Ramadan fall somewhere in December, and uh, I'm not sure exactly where the two of them fall, but they're in there, right?
3: You have yep. gone harder for Thanksgiving than i Not I've Ramadan, Kwanzaa. I'm sorry. Ramadan is in
1: is in like May and June. Kwanzaa, we got Christmas, obviously. How do, how do you New show year's?
4: Thanksgiving spirit though? Like, do you walk around with a fucking turkey leg or something? Like the fucking Buddy, you watch so, you Will
1: watch is white
3: knighting so for Thanksgiving. For yeah. Thanksgiving right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> Will's white knighting for Thanksgiving right Buddy, now. Buddy. Good.
0: Good. Watch sure. this movie called Thanksgiving. That's how you celebrate Thanksgiving. Evil Turkey in the motherfucking hood. That show beat to that fucking movie. <laughs> I'll, I'll put it on
1: the screen for you. hard. Thanks killing, <laughs> I'm years. telling you. Family I mean, lot- just
0: opening line in the movie nice
4: tits, bitch and he axes <laughs> the big titty woman to death it's funny as hell what the fuck were you watching one one night Bro, I, I just i just pulled that shit up what the fuck is this
2: uh, <laughs> <if> you ever, <laughs> ever want y- a ass b movie
4: or c movie Jake,
0: probably
2: jake's jake's, ne- jake's netflix knowledge is just Off the charts. If you ever need a random movie, Jake is the guy to uh, hit up for a random Netflix (laughs) suggestion. I I
4: clicked on it. The trailer, the the cover of the trailer says Gobble Gobble, motherfucker.
1: Yep. 19. Oh, he says
0: that in the movie too. Okay. He does. It's hilarious. It's fucking comical, man. Evil Turkey and the motherfucker. 18,
1: 17, 16, 15, (laughs) 14, 13, 12, 11. What do I got there? That is not 10. That's... Oh that's that's that I one day I finally got a Starbucks cup that wasn't a Christmas cup. Ten, nine, go. eight, turkey, seven, six, five. I
4: see, I see the spirit.
1: There you go. Will have Four, you ever seen Thanksgiving? Three. Today's two, I believe. Yep. There it is. Yep. Two. Will, have you ever seen
0: Thanksgiving? I don't know anything about it. Alright. That's that's your homework. Look up that terrible but very funny. And in the worst possible way, be moved.
1: And people say there's no Thanksgiving songs. There are, but and there's no Thanksgiving movies. Okay, there are, but there's not as many as Christmas. But I, I think I would argue that the only reason that there's not as many is because of the fact that people shove Christmas down your throat too early. If they would just open up their minds we could have a open great up
4: their hearts and minds yeah
1: we could have a great thanksgiving <laughs> culture around here but people want to jump right into to christmas so i think people need to be a little more respectful of the fact that thanksgiving deserves its time and really it's not like what is it hurting these people are like oh but it makes my heart feel great to celebrate christmas for for three months Get the fuck out of here three it's months commercialism, how about that's, this that's what if i start bad. celebrating saint patrick's day now what do you you're gonna call me a fucking idiot right it's
0: stupid it's right, you can't
1: just decide that a, a a holiday lasts three months in
0: J- me in january you'll catch me in this little cat shirt with a fucking santa hat and some cool guy shades and some like snowflakes on it and they'll look at me christmas is over buddy and i'll look at them like <laughs> what the fuck is that so there's that but anyway before we get out of here one last thing to ask y'all the all y'all best side dish on thanksgiving what you got I'll go mac and cheese. That's, stuffing. That's
1: stuffing. You know why? Because I know stuffing isn't the best side in terms of like, it doesn't compare in terms of a flavor profile or stuff. When else do we get to eat it?
2: That's yeah. Um, I'm with Will that stuffing is the, you know, the best one for Thanksgiving because it's only Thanksgiving. You don't really eat stuffing on other holidays. So. And it's good. Yeah, it is. It is
0: good. And it should be eaten more frequently at like, I don't know, Christmas or Easter. But or it would be shit. really
1: fucking weird to have stuffing at like 4th of July.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. So stuffing is Thanksgiving, perfect for Thanksgiving. Definitely yeah. the best side dish for Thanksgiving.
3: Mine's corn pudding. I love me some corn pudding.
4: That sounds
2: like a terrorist answer.
3: No, it's so <laughs>
4: <laughs> Yeah, I like the candy sweet potatoes, man. I can't lie.
3: Those are good. The
4: marshmallows go. on top.
3: Oh, man. yeah, with the marshmallows on top. Yeah. yeah, that's my number two.
1: And that is, that again, that's something you're not going to see uh, at any other uh, holiday, really. Like, you know. Maybe you do, maybe you don't, but I I think it's probably pretty well reserved for Thanksgiving. So like any answer that's just like a specific Thanksgiving side that's good. And I mean, obviously we all like macaroni and cheese. Like who doesn't like it? Sides so besides, besides, cranberry Garland, sauce besides doesn't touch um,
3: my plate. Oh, <laughs> sauce doesn't touch my plate. That's
1: that that's like a hipster answer. It's like, oh, I like to listen to vinyl records. Cool. Okay. Bust out your fucking record player. I'm uh, Jake's like Jake's mad right now. I drink decaf coffee and I don't even that.
0: Have, I don't even fucking vinyl records like that my roommate does but me personally I put
1: cranberry like, sauce don't is the vinyl take. records of, of Thanksgiving like you know it comes with an
2: IPA I feel like you have to have cranberry <laughs> sauce on Thanksgiving just because somebody told you that you have to have
1: it so. you won't see it on my plate you won't see it on my yeah. plate, my I'm plate just gonna have it cuz I'm taking everything here my plate is turkey mashed potatoes gravy obviously on everything yeah. stuffing and then it's kind of a wild card for the last part it it could be like well number well you gotta have a uh, you gotta have a, a roll you gotta have a roll but of course. um it could be uh like a sweet potato dish it's sort of like i reserve it for like what's the what's the weird thing that's on the table that like that doesn't mix with like my normal like th- it's just like a the the last Thing is sort of a wild card every year it's not weird because it's probably at everybody's thanksgiving but it's i sort of mix it in but i'm sticking to the classics i'm playing the classics it's going to be turkey gravy stuffing mashed potatoes
2: well since the spirit of thanksgiving is inclusion and you know getting together and celebrating i will not say no to anything on the table so i might, might play this filled with whatever is there
0: i'd say that's the right answer so anywho that's gonna do it for this week's episode we will be back after we stuff our faces and after we watch this Jags and Ravens game go down, we'll be back to recap it all next week. But meanwhile, I'm gonna make a noise. Oh!
1: Here we go. Just one. See ya!
0: Yep, just one this time. It didn't clip. Zone down. Zone
1: 32. 32.